Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Okay, we hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving, great time with family, and you're now fat and happy and probably sitting at your computer shopping. That's right. It's Black Friday. It is Black Friday, so make sure you go out there and get those deals, but make sure you have the apps to do it, right, just like we talked about last week. Um, But we have some exciting stuff to talk about today. You know, we're going to talk about how to motivate yourself to improve your finances. Yeah, that's, um, you know, part of being successful in finances, like anything, quite frankly, is um, just um, attitude and having, you know, some good thoughts. And and, uh, part of that is just understanding, you know, some steps to take to get to that level. And we're going to go through that. We actually have a couple of tips here, um, some things for now and also starting out the new year. So, um Hang with us on that. It's good. Yeah, attitude is very important. So that's a good one. And then we're also going to talk about planning in retirement. You know, John, just because you're you've reached retirement doesn't mean the planning ends. You have to have a plan in retirement, mm-hmm. how to get through retirement and how to prioritize. It's like any stage of life. You know, there's there's a there's a a lot of choices, a lot of priorities you have to be able to set. So we're going to talk about how to do that and why it's important. Um, but before we get into that, um, my name is Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 23 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 25 years. And we're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out the website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. We also have a lot of videos and resources that we put out over the years, um, some links to um, some uh, college uh, stuff we've put out there, right? The um, the majors, and it shows. Yeah. Um, so if you're a college-age student or, you know, planning on that, it's just some really good resources. Have a Facebook page as well. We put a uh, prescription of the week out there, and also we tweet under MoneyMD. Yeah, you can even run retirement numbers right That's there right. off our website. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can link to us right off the website. We're going to start off here with the financial fact Financial fact of the week. Well, you don't want to talk about the big game tomorrow? Oh, the big game. I'm going to that big game. Are you really? <laughs> my my younger poor, brother is a Clemson fan. Poor guy. My older brother is a Clemson fan, and they have invited me into the lion's den. Have they? Good for you, yes. man. You can get to see like the inner workings I'm of... I'm really scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, going to be a... Uh, it's going to be a long day, but I'm a good I, sport. You know, you know? I'm done making predictions, you know. I don't, you don't even need to make a prediction I mean, on that one, but, right? Uh, yeah, gee, I mean, what's the point spread? Oh, I mean, it's in the it's, 30s somewhere. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's a big number. It's going to be a little brutal, but oh. we'll see. I hopefully mean, da- you never know. Anything can happen. Hopefully Dabo had a good Thanksgiving, and he's just he'll getting ready for Alabama and the college football playoffs, and he rests yeah, everybody. Yeah, he'll probably start <laughs> off with a third string, John. You want him to have – you want him to see Trevor Lawrence. Give us there. a chance. Give us a chance, so. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. I mean, football is. For some people, for half the fans, it'll be exciting. It is. We are winding down to the playoffs here. I'm I'm uh, wondering why I'm even going up there, but it's family. So, I mean, I got to go up and hang out with family. Hey, you you at least see one good football team. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a long day. So, we'll report back next week on my experience. 
<laughs> okay, good. On that note, let's yeah. jump into the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the GAO, and um, you know you hear about the uh, baby boomers, mm-hmm. and next year, 2019, will be the ninth year out of 19 years that baby boomers are turning the age of 65. And next year, just like there has been the last you know nine years, 10,000 Americans will turn 65 years old each day. That's just a massive wave going through the system, and it's starting it to put pressure on the the uh, the Medicare system and Social Security, and you know it's it's becoming it an issue. It is. I mean, we're about halfway through the uh, baby boomer generation moving through sixty five through the middle of retirement here, and um, so yeah, I mean it's it's starting to you know put a lot of stress on you know healthcare. I mean, it's a great industry to go into, by the way, if you're a young person looking for a career. Um, because we, we do have so many people that, that need health care and need those services. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting that we're halfway through that. Those of those folks, the ninth year of 19 years of, of baby boomers turning 65. So, you know, so that's a, it's a big group. It is a big group. <clears throat> so good fact of the week. And that leads us up here to our first topic of uh, how to motivate yourself to improve your finances. This comes from uh, Bankrate, uh, Kellyanne Smith. And, um, you know, Steve, poor financial health can also affect your physical well-being. We see it, uh, you know, the lingering effects of debt, insufficient funds, and, um, you know, intimidation of financial management um, takes its toll. I mean, it's a mental, uh, really a mental um, issue with a lot of folks because of, of poor uh, finances and a 2016 report from the American um, Psychological Association found that about 62% of Americans they're stressed about their f- finances and a higher percentage reported um, than than st- that stress than work. So it's more stressful than work. And aside from stress, a similar survey from Lending Club found that Americans with poor financial health report decreased productivity and isolate themselves from friends and family. So big issue for a lot of people out there. It is. You know, it's a shame, but it, it, it continues and I guess will always be an issue. But yeah, Americans are struggling to pay off credit card debt and build their savings. And all the while, they're they're limiting their spending to real in debt. Um, so that's all good. But, you know, 40% of families say they still can't afford a $400 emergency, like a new appliance or new tires for the car. Mm-hmm according to the Fed. And, you know, that's that's pretty <clears throat> pathetic. I mean, so you've got to have an emergency fund. That's like step one. And these are good times economically. I mean, unemployment exactly. is historically low. I mean, wages are finally rising. This is the time to set some aside and kind of have a plan and a process. And, you know, in an environment where the mountain of financial health seems too steep to climb for a lot of folks, um, we've got some tips on how Americans can, uh, you know, motivate themselves to improve, the, improve their finances and um, you know, why, why do people feel helpless? I mean, that's an interesting question here that this uh, article is posing. And there's a gentleman named Jers Muris. He's a, an assistant professor um, of management at uh, Wisconsin School of Business. He says studies show that financial topics, um, he studies financial topics and its effects on people. And according to Muris, people have grave concerns over their finances because of lack, lack of safety nets, emergency fund, right? Which right. you just mentioned. <clears throat> exactly. Um, you know, medical coverage is, uh, is another piece of the puzzle that really causes uh, a lot of stress. So that emergency fund, like you mentioned, Steve, is step number one. And, you know, when people are faced with situations that challenge their safety nets that they don't have, they can start to feel helpless or stressed. And many really have no place to turn other than, than debt um, or go, going bankrupt. 
Yeah, so having that emergency fund is such a stress reliever, and it's so important. It's the first step of really gaining some kind of financial peace. Um, but, you know, it isn't always a lack of psychological motivation to fix the financial situation, he says. Sometimes the overall disadvantages can can play a role in feeling helpless with money. You know, if people have low incomes, no benefits, <clears throat> um, the issue is not purely psychological, but it is structural. So, you know, that has an effect on any motivational or, you know, interventions. Um, they're, they're, those effects are likely to be limited. So, you know, I think a big part of that's education, too. It is. It is. And uh, as a way to combat the distraught feelings toward money, Miris focuses on developing a sense of self-efficiency, um, where people you know feel like they can tackle their financial challenges and enlisting in this um this psychological theory can reap a lot of long term benefits like like breaking the overspending cycles and reducing stress um to increase the overall well well being so that you know we talk about budgets a lot that's a great tool to to you know take care of the overspending and and really focus on it so here's some some tips on improving your finances we'll kind of dive right into it Start small with the plan. Um, financial debt resolution attorney uh, Leslie Tain says trying to tackle a lot of you know goals, many goals at once, like paying off student loans, trying to buy a house, build an emergency fund, it, it, it doesn't work. And that's what Dave Ramsey talks about. That's why he has the baby steps. So start with a reasonable and achievable small goal that will likely get you accomplished um, and will lead to goals that you know are gradually getting bigger and bigger. So the first step is that Dave Ramsey talks about, which we agree with, is getting an emergency fund of $1,000, trying to build that to kind of give you some buffer between life and you know what happens. Yeah, absolutely. you got to have an emergency fund. That's step number one. And then, like you said, you have to set some goals. And, you know, that includes vacations. That includes the fun goals as well. Um, but you want to have some priorities for your money and you want to identify where your money is going to go, have goals for that. <clears throat> and whether it's new vac- vacation or a pair of shoes, you, you got to, you know, set up, set a list of priorities of where your money is going to go and, you know, how, how much you're going to need for each of those items. Yeah. And, uh, this goes on to point out, you know, restricting yourself in, entirely. So you have no wiggle room, no fun. It can make you make it harder to to stick through the spending plan. Dave Ramsey talks about the average time to get out of debt is about eighteen to twenty four months. I mean that's two years um, that it takes for people typically to get out of debt. Some people are shorter, some people yeah. are longer, but that's a long time. Yeah, and you got to have some carrots along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have some things that you can reach. You know, where you can celebrate and enjoy a little bit of the money along the way when you reach those goals. Yeah, so another one here on the list is um, to you know improve the the psychological psychology around your finances is draw from the successes of those around you. Um, connecting with people who have similar challenges can be a great way to boost morale when it comes to tackling financial challenges. You know, by learning from their successes and failures, um, you know, a feeling of identity and relatedness can can help stay motivated. Um, with the mindset of if others can do it, I can do it too. And so one recommendation that I would have in that area is, is listen to a podcast. Dave Ramsey has a podcast. You can hear people that are in your shoes, in your situation. You can hear the advice that Dave gives, and then you'll hear someone call up that was in your situation a year or two ago and celebrating the wins. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And then also change the way you think about debt. Um, you know, if you're working hard to pay off debt, it can be easy to kind of beat yourself up over it. 
Um, but instead, they say, you know, use the past decisions as lessons for staying out of future debt and learn from your mistakes. You know, if debt was accumulated from overspending instead of investing in yourself, then kind of take that in stride. That's water under the bridge. Um, but just make sure you don't fall in the same hole next time. Make sure you learn from that and you you, you think about debt in a new way. And that is, you know, you're going to learn from it. You're going to stay away from it. And if it's not productive debt, then, you know, you got to start the debt snowball and have a plan for paying off that debt. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the next one here on the list, be willing to accept some mistakes. I mean, you don't have to be perfect with this. Um, It's something that you want to try to improve your finances, small steps. Uh, You got to be flexible. You got to be patient. I mean, accumulating debt, it takes time to get in that situation. So it's going to take time to get out. It doesn't happen overnight. So you got to kind of, you know, um, don't beat yourself up so much like you just mentioned. And the last one here on the list, Steve, is to educate yourself on financial topics. I mean, there are a lot of resources today out there, books, podcasts, um, you know, some classes. One of the best ones we found is uh, Dave Ramsey has a Financial Peace University class uh, called FPU. It's nine weeks. It teaches you about money, um, the ins and outs of managing, you know, your money, making smart decisions. I highly recommend you checking this out. This really is a life-changing event um, for sure. And, you know, it's also a, 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 a relational course as well. The relationships that you have with your spouse, your kids, your parents, it kind of talks to that and it gives you some some ideas of the way to address that. So you can then take that info and then take it out to the community. Teach your kids, friends, coworkers. So if you go to DaveRamsey.com, um, there's a section in there that has uh, FPU classes and you can key in your zip code and it'll show you all the classes that are starting um, now, yeah. and, and, and there's going to be a lot in the, in the new year. So that would be a, a probably my first step is go get some education on this. Absolutely, and I recommend people to the take the FPU all the time, mm-hmm. and it's just a great first step to get you motivated and get you on the right track. Um, okay, well, this leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this question mm-hmm. is um, kind of a technical question. Can I use an IRA to fund and uh, healthcare savings account, HSA. And uh, the answer is yes. It's called a qualified HSA um, fundamental distribution. It's a little complicated, so we definitely want you to work with your CPA on this. Um, it's it's a tax-free way of getting money out of your IRA. There's no penalty, and you put it into your HSA account. Um, but it's only once a lifetime. Once in a lifetime, that's right. So it's a, it's, it's a very unique way of moving money from you know, an account that's going to be taxed when you pull it out to an account that won't be taxed. And um, so check with your CPA. If you have questions, you can certainly reach out to us. But it's a very unique way of moving some money. QHFD. Yeah, I think it's like $7,000 one time in your lifetime. Per family, right. Per family, yeah. So uh, interesting little tidbit. It's kind of a niche little it is little planning item that you can do there. Um, all right, and that leads up to our next topic here. And speaking of planning... Planning in retirement. Um, this is based on an article out of Yahoo Finance by Rebecca Lake here very recently. But, John, you know, retirement is a great time of life that, that should be the beginning of that kind of those long-awaited golden years. However, it, it can mean anxiety and uncertainty if you haven't taken the steps to plan for it appropriately. And the planning, you know, shouldn't stop just because you've reached that all-important milestone. Of course, the first step, you know, is to have a great uh, retirement plan, um, and to be prepared for retirement, you know, but in June of 2018, Bankrate, uh, did a survey in their survey. They said 61% of Americans 
admitted that they still don't know how much money they'll need to save to retire. Yeah, it's probably um, higher than that. It's probably higher than that, yeah. I mean, There's not other, many people that walk in that know that number. They don't. And um, so, I mean, getting your target savings number right is an important part of the retirement planning process. But it's just one more thing to consider, though. I mean, making sure that you're able to achieve your goals after you've retired is another. Um, according to Prudential, in a 2018 retirement preparedness survey that it did, uh, the biggest goals for retirees and pre-retirees included traveling, spending more time on leisure activities, starting a business or a new career, volunteering, and going back to school. Um, your vision may feature different goals. Um, you're, you know, you may have something else you want to accomplish. But regardless of what you want to accomplish, the, the start of retirement is not the time to take your foot off the gas when it comes to planning. Absolutely. I mean, for many going into retirement after you know years and years of planning and saving can give one the feeling of satisfaction that, hey, you know, I've done enough and so let's go enjoy. And that's a piece of it that can work. But the thought of saving now being behind them and now's the time to enjoy the so-called golden years. But this mindset really can have a detrimental effect on your financial security, you know, if you aren't fully prepared and have a plan on how to spend wisely. And if you're retired or nearing retirement, it's really important to keep your goals and your plan to achieve them firmly in sight, particularly as we go through volatility in the markets. Um, that is so key, I know, with when we sit down with clients and right. <clears throat> kind of go back to the plan, it kind of gets everything back into focus. Yeah, just, yeah, you have to have some fire drills on how you're going to handle volatility. So that's one part of the plan. Um, so there's several keys here that we're going to talk about in terms of planning. One of them is, um, you know, having a spending plan and um, using the bucket approach to your spending plan. As you move from kind of saving to spending in retirement, consider how that you divvy up your assets in terms of investments. You know, splitting your assets into individual buckets, they can help you kind of better plan your spending um, and, and it's a great way to mentally kind of separate your money so that you can handle the ups and downs of the market with your long-term investments by knowing that you have your short-term expenses and goals covered. So your first bucket we're talking about here is your short-term bucket, um, which is two years or less. So that would be money you'd put in there that's going to be using, you know, very short-term and within a couple of years, it would be invested in something like bonds or money market accounts. Um, you know, a good money market fund is a great place to keep that money that you'll have quick access to, um, but you can still earn maybe around 2% in that in that first bucket, in that short-term bucket. So if you have that bucket, I think it frees you up mentally to take a little more aggressive posture with the rest of your money. Um, but then you have the middle bucket, which is your three- to six-year bucket, which you could invest in a portfolio, say, split 50-50 between stocks and and uh, and bonds. Um, and that bucket would periodically replenish the short-term bucket as your cash need <clears throat> bucket, you know, needed to be replenished. Yeah, and the third bucket is, is really the long-term bucket. Um, you're going to have probably more equity exposure, potentially allowing for more growth over time. The thought here is that, you know, since it's intended to be longer term, there's less concern about short-term market volatility. And since you know you have, you know, the shorter term goals covered with your first and second bucket, 
this long-term bucket should be free to invest in, in mostly stocks with a more aggressive posture. And as always, you know, you, you want to be diversified, um, you know, but that, but since you have about a seven to 10 year time horizon with this bucket, you have plenty of time to recover from the worst bear markets or corrections that we've seen. So that means you can invest in a moderately aggressive portfolio. Uh, maybe you have 80% exposure in the stock market, um, targeting a seven to 8%, you know, return per year over time on this money, but this is going to be the more volatile piece of your portfolio. Absolutely. So once you've set up your buckets um, for your money that you're going to spend, you know, out through retirement, then you can decide which goals will fund each, each one of the the buckets. Um, For example, you know, part of your short-term bucket may be earmarked for emergency expenses. Um, Another survey from bankrate.com found that 25% of baby boomers have no emergency fund. And so keeping three months or to a year's worth of expenses in a liquid savings account or a short-term bucket that, you know, maybe in a money market account can cover any of the unexpected expenses that you're going to encounter, you know, such as a car or home repair. Um, So those would all be things that would be in your short-term bucket. Then the middle bucket could be what you would draw on to fund your lifestyle goals, such as the new car or traveling more often. Um, for example, you know, the typical retiree spends about $11,000 a year on vacations. Wow. I think I might already be, well, <laughs> maybe not quite that, but well, anyway, you have a lot of kids too. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, I mean, your retirement travel spending, you know, could be higher or lower. Um, but you, you, you will want to feel free to pursue your proverbial bucket list with these kinds of funds, you know, knowing that your future is covered with your long-term bucket, um, so having a plan in retirement is going to help give you the confidence on how much you can spend on those dream vacations, the big ticket items um, in retirement, and where that money is going to come from without feeling like you're jeopardizing your future. And then there's the third bucket <clears throat> that can be helpful in planning um, for what can easily be one of your biggest retirement expenses, and that's health care. A couple retiring age 65 in 2018 would need about $280,000, according to uh, Fidelity Investments, to pay for medical expenses in retirement. That's a lot of money. That is a lot. You know, and that figure doesn't include the additional cost of long-term care. Um, You know, you may be healthy today, but statistically, your chances for unexpected medical emergencies are going to increase in retirement. So having some flexibility in your planning to adapt to life's unexpected curveballs is going to help you weather those physical and financial storms that can come in retirement. And this third bucket will give you the kind of flexibility, um, knowing that your money is there when you need it. And, you know, it's invested, you know, wisely out for the long term. Yeah. So one of the keys to the the planning in retirement is prioritizing your, your wants and your needs. And, you know, as you shape your financial plan in retirement, um, you got to consider what's most important. That's obvious, but you know, most people won't have the resources to go to all the places they want and accomplish everything that they've dreamed about in retirement. Even in retirement, you know, life continues to be a series of choices about priorities. So retirees really need to figure out what constitutes a, you know, a spending, you know, you know, for basic living need versus wants in order to set those priorities. And basic needs include food and rent, transportation, and obviously medical. 
And on the other hand, the, the wants include items that aren't necessarily critical to you know the daily survival and they fall into the dream category. So, you know, it's pretty easy to, to look and say, you know, if, what do I have to have to live? But then the rest of it can go into the, the dream bucket. Exactly. And once you've split out, you know, your, your, um, your spending between the needs and the wants, then you have to do the math. You have to figure out how much is needed for each and how much you have to set aside for that purpose. You know, leave room for the needs, for new needs that can arise as you move to retirement, such as health care. But most importantly, be realistic about what you need to enjoy a comfortable lifestyle. You know, many people think that they need more than they really do. Um, you know, it's a matter of truly understanding what lifestyle you can afford and finding happiness to enjoy, you know, life in, in retirement at that lifestyle level. You know, if there's a gap between your savings and your income, um, your spending and your income and your goals, then think about how you can close that gap. I mean, that could mean reducing your spending, you know, delaying your retirement date or working part time once you've officially retired. All three of those could help bolster your your savings and in your your uh, increase your retirement income. But working a few hours a day could easily give you the extra income that you might need <clears throat> to take those dream vacations early in retirement and give you some purpose for your schedule, you know, early in retirement. Um, it's still wise, though, to maintain, you know, a savings mindset in retirement and have a plan to combat things like inflation, you know, that would increase the rising cost of health care and, and your other things in retirement. But the bottom line here, John, is, you know, setting goals, creating an action plan for achieving them and reviewing it regularly throughout retirement will, you know, keep your finances on solid ground. The most important step a retiree or pre-retiree can take is to educate themselves on on how to build a concise financial plan, you know, what things they need to figure out um, and prioritize. You know, it's going to take some time and effort to create a list of priorities, goals, and a retirement budget. But the peace of mind that you're going to achieve will transform the anxiety of leaving your career into the golden years you've always dreamed of. So it's very, very important. Do some planning. Do some planning in retirement. Okay, and that leads to our last item here, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, so this is uh, doing some planning in 2019, Steve. Um, recommend that you go, we talked about it earlier, check out Dave Ramsey's uh, Financial Peace University class. A lot of new classes in the year um, start in the new year, so go check out his website. It's uh, DaveRamsey.com. Sign up for a class. You can do this um, in your own home. You can do it online. Um, you know, I've, I've led a lot of those classes before and it's nice having a group of people that can kind of bounce ideas and encourage each other as well. So you can go to a, a local church. Sometimes there's some in the community, but it's nine weeks, uh, cost about 110 bucks, um, for the material, but it is, it's a life changing event for most people that go through it. Yeah. It really changes your perspective on, on debt and on money and the purpose of money. So um, I, I highly recommend for anybody, but particularly anybody that's struggling and, you know, with their finances to, to kind of get on the right track. So yeah, check that out. Look on DaveRamsey.com on his website and see, you know, which classes are starting uh, near you. Yep. Great prescription of the week. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us on our website, MoneyMD.net. And email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week. Go Gamecocks.
Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. That's right. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.